Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. It's a jumbo edition of Live, Laugh, Leaves. It's not often that we get to do a whole entire show dedicated to one signing, but this is Joe Thornton, so it definitely deserves that. Wouldn't you agree, Mike? Absolutely. Which, this is probably the one signing out of anyone that we can spend. It, it's, it's a one-year you know, league minimum deal, but we're, I, this is the one signing out of the entire offseason that I'm most excited to talk about. I can't, I'm, I'm sitting here in shock right now. It's crazy. It's, it's definitely the one that like brings upon the most emotion or at mm. least you know, piques the interest of the fan base the most because we don't really know what we're getting in Joe Thornton. I mean, obviously he's coming over on a one-year deal with $700,000 minimum. Mm. Uh, it, it's you know, under that variable threshold, but it cannot be buried because he's an over-35 player. He's six years over that threshold. So uh, he's obviously not a spring chicken. Uh, he joins a team where, you know, it's almost exclusively young guys, even though they've done a pretty good job of adding some veteran talent this offseason, which was definitely a focus, and Jumbo was a key part of that. So uh, I'm not sure really where to start. I guess just the initial reaction that you had and how that emotion has evolved since then. Well, to put this into perspective, I was one year old during Joe Thornton's rookie season. Um, so that's pretty that's insane. The 97, 98 season. I was, uh, I was, I don't think I was able to walk at that point. I don't know what, what babe, what the linear progression of, of babies being able to I'm, walk. That's I'm pretty, pretty sure you, I'm pretty sure you couldn't walk. At that point. Yeah. Right. You like people, babies don't walk at one year. Right. Or like that, that's not a thing. I was crawling around still. You're not only showing your age, like by not understanding how babies function, <laughs> but the fact that you're a one years old when Joe Thornton came yes. to the league, I guess, you know, is a strong indicator of that. Exactly. Like this is, this was wild. I, it had been reported on the Steve Dangle podcast. We want to give them credit for that. Cause, cause uh, Chris Johnson dropped that little nugget kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and, we, were, and we've been reminded to give them credit. Have we it, not? Exactly. So I wanted to, I was reminded by Steve himself the other day before doing this to, to give him credit. So I'm going to do that now. And this, it, it, as much as it kind of came out of nowhere, it was still, I think the signing itself came out of nowhere. Like, yes, yes, we, it had been rumored for a while. It was essentially down to San Jose and Toronto between the two teams. And it was kind of, you know, Myrtle had written a piece about it and, and they talked about it on the SDP. And now it started to get momentum. And it was kind of, oh, you know, it balls in his court. And then Elliot Friedman tweets, you know, th- looks like things are heating up, you know, stay tuned or, or we'll see. And then like three minutes later, it was, we got a jumbo announcement. Um, this is, I, I don't understand how anyone can be opposed to the signing. It just seems, and, and maybe you will, as a contrarian, you know, as the, the, the prototype. I mean, I, I think there's a pretty clear way how it could, you know, oh, not okay. be worth we'll get it. Into it. But it's seven. we'll get into it. 
I was expecting this to be, you know, one year, one mil or one year, you know, 1.2 or something like, because it's Joe Thornton, right? But he came here one year, seven, like league men for sure. And, that no, is perform- huge. That is and huge. no performance bonuses either. So that, that there's nothing, it really helps the cap situation because there's nothing that could get in the way. Like this is, he will cost $700,000 no matter what this year. Yes, the over 35 contract is, is it, it means it's not variable, but are you telling me that even if Joe Thornton looks washed one year, 700 grand, you can't trade him to someone for a conditional seventh or something like it costs you no assets to bring in. He kind of fits everything that you need. He's a great guy in the locker room, obviously. Um, he's, you know, he, he's just a, a fitness freak dedicated to that. He's come over a lot of adversity and it seems like he really wants to be here. Like he, he, you know, I wasn't on the zoom call today, but you were, and he said, you know, he chose the Leafs because he wants to win a, this is not, you know, he chose the Leafs because he wants to come home. This is not, he chose the Leafs because he wants to be close to his, his, his parents or because, um, you know, he wants to be close to, I don't know, to, to his childhood home or he wants to be close to the city. It was, he came here because he wants to win a Stanley Cup. And, and the time is running out for him. Like he's 41, like you said. Um, and so he clearly thinks that, that, that the time is now. And for him to view the Leafs like that, I think that says a lot. Like that, that, really, that really speaks to, you know, the perception of this team by a marquee free agent like that, despite his, his age. I think, if, I think there, there is pretty much all there. There are very, very, very few cons in this signing. And I know I'm sure you're going to pick through them, but I think this is, this is a home run for the Leafs. Yeah, I mean, $700,000 is huge. Uh, I think you're right. I think one of the big, uh, I think what I was m- most concerned about when they were discussing this is, okay, he's going to take up a million dollars. And that's the million dollars you could definitely spend probably better elsewhere. Although there's not that many free agents out there anymore. I think there's still some utility really on are. the market that, you could find a better way to spend a million dollars. I mean, they're, they're right up against the cap. They got two guys they still need to sign. Whether a million dollars makes it, makes it so they have to trade a guy, uh, and that's an unforced error, I don't really know. But $700,000, you cannot really uh, get too upset about it. But I think the way in which it doesn't work out for the Maple Leafs is that he just simply can't play anymore. And then this isn't this great story anymore, and it's almost kind of sad because this 41-year-old man has come over uh, wants to play and win a Stanley Cup with the Leafs and can't get into the lineup because he's simply not good enough anymore and he's being exposed and he hasn't played. I know he's playing in Davos right now, uh, mm. but there's a long you know layoff between games of NHL quality. Uh, there, I think there is that you know possibility that he just can't help this team and if he can't help this team, then the signing was probably not worth it. Um, but I, I don't know if I necessarily feel that way. I think he will have. I think he will be able to help in a certain respect. I'm not sure exactly where he fills in the lineup. Uh, But what I think has to happen is that he can't really be married to one position. Obviously they got Jason Spezza in the four hole. (coughs) I I don't think I'm uh, very confident in him playing third line center and moving Kerfoot around. So I think he's probably going to have to play on the wing. And I think there's some possibilities for him there. I I don't think uh, I, I kind of, I'm intrigued by the idea of him maybe playing with some with John Tavares at times. I think that could be interesting. That's hilarious. Um, but I love that. But I, I, I just you know we came into this off season hearing but two two clear mandates from Kyle Dubas, which is to improve the defense and to become a tougher team to play against. Jumbo is about the easiest player to play against, is he not? I mean, he's yes, he's supremely skilled and he can pass. You know, he can. He can he can pass the puck in the offensive uh, zone and turn defenders into turnstiles with that. But uh, this isn't a player that was overly dominant in any respect last season. Hasn't been for the past few seasons. And that bottom six that was supposed to have these new dynamics 
is literally, it, it seems as though they brought in a clear dynamic in which they've already had, which is, uh, you know, some aging skill, which they had in, in Jason Spezza. So there's a bit of a redundancy, I feel like, there. But if you can move around the lineup, not be married to the center position, play left wing and find utility uh, somewhere in the lineup with, you know, being in tandem with another center or another uh, winger, be it Wayne Simmons, yeah, I think you can find something there. But I just don't think it changes the team. And the Leafs wanted to change their team a little, little bit. So that's why it's a bit confusing. I Look, I love you, man, but I'm going to fully disagree with that. Like, I, like yes, he, he, first of all, he's not the guy you're talking about when you want the team to, to get harder to play against. The Leafs already addressed that. Like, t- like TJ Brody. How they address it? TJ Brody's, Brody's not a hard player. But he's just yeah, he a is. good defenseman. He's, he's just a good he, defenseman. Yeah, and that's hard. You know what's hard to play against? A good defenseman. A good defenseman who's defensively responsible and offensively responsible. That's pretty annoying. Okay, but they, they, they said – Simmons. But the, the, the definition, I think, of, okay, how are you going to be harder to play against? I think they're just doubling down on what they are. And that's fine. I how? They, the, the biggest thing that, that people have now criticized the Leafs for, because everyone has to criticize the Leafs in some respect, is that, they've, that, that Dubas has completely done a 180 and has tried to, to capture great. Well, he clearly hasn't. He said he was doing a 180 in, in some respects. And I think we took that as, oh, he's going to add all these tough guys to the lineup. But he hasn't, he, he hasn't really changed the way. He kept saying that I need to, we need to become a tougher team to play against. I think the definition of that, everyone took it one way when really he just wants to be, uh, he wants to bring more of the same, which is fine, which is fine. But I don't think it changes the dynamic, which has failed for them in the last season. I, I think they needed some more looks from their bottom six, some different guys. I think more of the Wayne Simmons mold. And I think Joe, Joe Thornton is just kind of the same player that does a lot of what uh, Jason Spezza does now and a lot of what John Tavares you know at his prime maybe John Tavares in eight years looks like Joe Thornton right now like it it's not he isn't a different player and I think he that line that he had played on last year with Marcus Sorensen and Kevin LeBanc they were an easy line to play against and if you wanted to become hard to play against I don't think Joe Thornton makes you a harder team to play against. Well they added they added Zach Lagosian and Wayne Simmons who are two you know fully fully stocked uh, uh, beefcakes, if you will, on, you know, at both aspects of the lineup. And you have Jake Muzzin as well there. Like, a, a, a decor with TJ Brody, Jake Muzzin, Zach Bogosian, and then a forward core adding Wayne Simmons to the fold. And, like, I, I think it I, – look, it, they're not going to become a grit monster overnight, but no teams are. I think that they added players that are tough to play against and it, it, from different aspects. Like, yes, you don't want – you want to have guys out there who can, you know, who can pass like Joe Thornton, who can drive play like Joe Thornton. Like, if you look at his production – I'm looking at that right now. Like, yeah, last year was kind of an anomaly because the Sharks were terrible. Their entire team was banged up. They had terrible shooting luck, and, it, and their goaltending was awful. It was, a, it was a terrible situation. But if you look at any of let's, – let's take Austin Matthews' time in the league, for example. Let's talk about the Matthews era because that's, I would say, recent. Um, Joe Thornton scored at a, at a consistent 50-point pace, sometimes above that. Aside from last year, 51 points in 73 games in 18-19, 36 and 47 in 17-18. 50 and 79 in, in 16, 17. He can still do that. And even last year, he played roughly the same that he did the year before. And he, and essentially he, he just had terrible PDO. He had, he had way worse luck. This is a player who can still play. And when you think about it, like we talked about Wayne, this is also a guy who's been injury riddled before, but he's still, he's still playing at a, at a decent clip. Maybe not obviously at the height of his powers, but he's not, he's, this is not a wash player. And now he has nine months off and I think the fact that he's playing in Davos and is able to still kind of keep that momentum while not really tax himself too much is probably the perfect scenario 
it, it gives him exactly kind of what he needs, what the body needs to keep itself going and in that shape without overtaxing itself. And as well, if you look at his face, like you say he wants to play on the wing and everything and, and move around, uh, his face-off percentages, I, I, would, I would say, yeah, we're now entering the era of more maybe positionless hockey in the sense that maybe Thornton, yeah, he can play the wing in a conventional sense, you know, uh, as – in the middle of the play, but this is a guy who wins consistently. You know, this is a guy who average, who's an average 54% in the faceoff circle in his career. So I would say, I would say at least lining up, I trust him more in that, in the dot than maybe Kerfoot would, but it gives you options. And this is the thing that we were talking about on the last podcast. We were breaking down the Leafs free agency is the Leafs just needed options. And I mocked up some, uh, some forward lines here and especially in their bottom six, because keep in mind, they got nothing from the bottom six last year. It was all the, it was all the big guys and pretty much no secondary scoring. And so now the, the line's adding Thornton into the mix. It's Matthews, Nylander, Hyman, you, you maybe say. Varys, Marner, Mikheyev, assuming that Mikheyev signs, which you will. And if, even as well, just as a tangent, to look at the cap space, the Leafs have 1.469,800 as, uh, so 1,469,800, yeah, $800 in cap space. That's how numbers work. And if you really, like, this is not going to happen, but Dubas did say today they don't, they don't really foresee moving anyone out right now. They can run with, with you know, a 20-man roster. And if Mikheyev and, and Dermot, like, I, I can't really advocate for Dermot getting more than league men, and Mikheyev's going to have a tough um, ARB case as well. If they both sign for league men, the Leafs would be cap compliant right now. And it probably won't well, be. They're both not going to sign for league men. Yeah, but they're they're going to they're gonna have to cut. Like, they can't carry all, every player. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're going to bury some guys. And this, is, and this is also a roster with guys like, you know, Rasmus Sandin still, you know, on the NHL roster. And, and you know, and Travis Boyd factored into the NHL roster, too, on cap friendly. So if you bring those guys down, it kind of makes it out. You can bury them. It makes it easier. You can bury them. And then, and then you know, Engvall is, is kind of there as well. But if you look at the lines, yeah, so, it's, so the, top, the top four is pretty much set from, from the end of last year. You know, Matthews, Nylander, Hyman, Tavares, McKay, Marner. And then you get to the third line, and it's what, Thornton, Thornton Kerfoot, Simmons, maybe? And then that, that's an interesting line. It gives you kind of one of everything. It gives you a good kind of skill guy in Kerfoot, energy guy in Kerfoot, a playmaker in Thornton, and, a, you know, a, really, a bruiser in Simmons who can be a net front presence. And then you get to the fourth line, and the options, it gives you, it gives you a cavalcade of options. It's Spezza, Engvall, and then it could be Vesey, Barabanov, Korshkov, Patan, Anderson, Agostino, Robertson, and that's just moving like, and, and that's just going through those those um, those names. This is a tight roster, and they're going to be guys who are going to be playing their balls off, really, to be able to to make it. I think that I think that just doing that, making the making actual competition in camp, opposed to when things were relatively set the year before, they might get some things out of their bottom six. And people forget they have guys like Adam Brooks, and you know even. Callie Casilla and Dennis Malgin, they just re-signed. You know, like they have so many, so many of these names to fit for essentially what is one spot on the fourth line in training camp. I like it. It gives you, it gives you a plethora of, of, of options to kind of plug and play if things work, if things don't work, which they didn't really have. Like you, they now have these bodies, and Thornton really kind of allows them to stretch that roster. They now have these bodies that if someone gets injured, they can really plug in someone who's of rel- relatively similar impact and get a similar result. I I'm a big fan of this. I, I don't really, I think from the, the from the dollars, um, the term and the fact that just what he brings both on the ice as, as, you know, as he did even, even if he can replicate his, his production from last year, 31 points. How many of the Leafs bottom six guys had 31 points last year? Very few. If he can get, if he can even replicate that, which I think he might even produce better considering, you know, the, the power play time and maybe some spot looks in the top six. This is a this is a slam dunk signing. I, I can't think of any of any other way to put it. 
So you think they're a deeper team up front than they were last year? Absolutely. And I, I, I know that I know that what you're thinking, because they've shipped out, you know, Casper Kapanen and Andreas Janssen. And you think that right there, subtracting those guys. But those guys were name brand. Those guys were name, name only. How, how much did they really contribute to this team? They both had terrible years. One of them was injured the entire time. Captain would go on 20-game goalless streaks and do the exact same thing. This gives them more versatile options. Yes, it takes a name brand away. But like I said, I would, I would bet that Wayne Simmons outscores Captain from last year. Captain had 13 goals last year. I bet Simmons, I bet Simmons surpasses that. They were, able to, they were able to get rid of two guys who were making a combined, what was it, six, almost $7 million together, really. And they've added, like, like what? five or six guys now who make le- who can make around who can make less than that essentially and two of them are joe thornton and wayne simmons i really like yeah them. name brands yes but name name <laughs> brands who fit their needs better than those guys did and they were able to milk them for maximum value maybe not johnson specifically but capital yeah, the, the value is certainly league. better i i mean i agree i agree completely with simmons because i i think he actually i mean he's nine years younger than joe thornton yeah. he's that, certainly going to be a more of an impact player. He's obviously making more than him, but he's making a good amount of money. I, you know what? It may might not be wrong that they're a little bit of a deeper team. I think they've added, they've certainly added capable bodies coming in with Simmons and Thornton, and they've gotten guys like Joey Anderson in, in, in return, who I think can play. Mm-hmm. And Alexander Barabanov's coming in, obviously. And he's well. probably going to play uh, too. And I think exactly. And I think the competition is good there. Like I think it's going to squeeze a guy like Pierre Engvall out of the lineup, which I think is definitely a good thing. Uh, but I just think, you know, what, what were we highlighting and waxing on about Barclay Goodrow and Joey Anderson? So exciting because, oh, he like Bark or not Barclay Goodrow, sorry, Blake yeah. Coleman. He might be a little bit like Blake Coleman. Like, I think this team missing that. I mean, I think, I think I'm just looking at their lineup and who Joe Thornton, Joe Thornton can line up against. It just screams that same Kevin LeBanc. Marcus Sorensen combination like it's not it's he's not going to be a part of a line that's going to give you anything but sort of wash minutes I think like I cannot see them being a dominant unit in any respect and you can dominate in other means you can dominate from the offensive standpoint you can dominate through four check you can even be a fourth line with the Vegas Golden Knights who dominates and is uh just with the I wouldn't say dominate but can have an impact based on their ability to check and just bang around I think what I got from Kyle Dubas at the beginning of the offseason was that he wanted to bring in new dimensions. And as I mentioned before, it seems like Joe Thornton is just like the next guy you would have in the depth chart to fill in what they already have, which is Tavares going down to Jason Spezza going down to Joe Thornton. So that's the only reason why, you know, like it, it's hard. That's the reason why I was reluctant at about a million dollars for 700,000. You really can't miss. There's going to be injuries. He can fill in basically mm-hmm. anywhere, which I think is important, but I just don't think their whole entire process has addressed clear needs, not even a clear need, just the clear void of certain things in your lineup. Like this isn't going to be a four check heavy team. Like as much as Casper and Andreas Janssen, you believe are guys that, you know, ran out of their ability to help this team. They are guys that can be a pain in the ass. Andreas Johnson is a small, uh, mostly offensive guy, but he's kind of a pain to play against sometimes. Casper Kapanen can be the same as well. And I just don't know if the guys that they've brought in are going to have much more than a replacement level uh, contribution. That's what I'm worried about right now. I think they've definitely improved their team because they've improved on defense Mm -hmm. first. And I don't think they've lost anything huge on 
uh, in terms of their forwards. And I think Wayne Simmons will fill in for one of those guys immediately. But can they fill in the other way? Can they find ways to, you know, find winning combinations? Maybe they're twosomes that just work in the bottom of their lineup. I just need to see it all work. What's going to be really exciting is actually seeing their line combinations whenever training camp first starts. Like, what are they thinking? I, mm. I want to be in their heads. I want to know how this is all going to shake gonna down. He's going to have fun, I, man. What's that? He's going to have some fun getting out the blender. He is. Because I'm trying to look at it right now, and I can't envision exactly what they're thinking. Like, is Kerfoot – do they have Kerfoot earmarked for the left side in the top six, and that would bring Mikheyev down to play with Thornton through the middle? Like, I just don't know how all the pieces are that coming into play. That would be a great combination. Nick, is Nick Robertson going to play? I, I think McCabe could be a guy that certainly helps Thornton because I think He's they sort of, I think they have sort of compatible skills at this point. Compatible um, or compatible? Compatible. Like I think, I, I, I don't think like McCabe will be a guy who could do some of the things Thornton will be unable to do in terms of like getting into the zone quickly, establishing possession, giving it back to Thornton. And, and I, I think there would have to be a shooter on that line as well. I got I don't, I don't know if you're being sarcastic with McKayev, but he's certainly not, you know, a plus finisher by any means, but uh, I, I, I just presence, feel like a presence around the net, like to bang in garbage goals. I think he's perfect because McKayev's not going to be a facilitator, but Thornton is definitely a facilitator. And you have a guy like McKayev who can stretch the ice with straightaway speed. And then also, you know, stand, be a positive net front presence. I think that really does work with Thornton's skills. I, I think you can go get the puck for him, which would be good. And I think maybe Wayne Simmons would, would fill that other side maybe pretty well as well. And that could be an interesting th- combination. See, as we're, we talk about it more, I can kind of visualize it more, but I'm not sure where all these pieces go. I mean, he talked, uh, Kyle Dubas spoke today, obviously you mentioned, and he, and he, uh, and he mentioned VC. VC's definitely going to play. Uh, yeah. Joe's obviously definitely going to play in Simmons. So uh, you can kind of, it, it makes me seem like, it makes me feel like Nick Robertson might be on the outside a little bit right now at this point. Uh, I think Alexander Kerfoot, though, is a key factor in all this. Where is he going to play? What's his position next season? I think that's one of the, that's one of the, maybe the first dominoes before we can really tell how this is all going to work. Um, but those clamoring for the Leafs to be like the teams that were the last left in the Stanley Cup playoffs, Lightning with that third line, Dallas with what they can do, the fourth line of the Vegas Golden Knights. I just don't feel like they have that real energy line in that bottom six yet and I think that's what they that's what it seemed like they were aspiring to do and I just don't know if they accomplished that I definitely think they accomplished that if you look at the construction of the Dallas Stars I mean who did they have they had guys like Perry they had guys like Pavelski who were providing you know these great sort of punches down their lineup Simmons had a better year than Perry did in the regular season last year Joe Thornton's a proven contributor like he's he's been there and when you look at like if you look at it in a vacuum just pure upgrades on, on the positions last year. So let's say, let's even take away like let Spezza. Let's, let's say, you know, maybe Kerfoot slides in that 3C and you put Thornton as 4C and then Spezza and then whoever. Frederick Gauthier played 61 games last year as the fourth line, on the fourth line, whether it was the center or the wing. I think I would much rather have Joe Thornton or Jason Spezza, Frederick Gauthier. And he already played that. If you look at the back end, they, they, they were one injury away from putting Martin Marincin in big minutes in an elimination game. Now, now there's no now they now they have a, a clear log jam on their blue line with with decent contributors like Miko Lettinen is the KHL defensive again. Not, defensive I, I don't think there's blue. anything wrong with what they did in the blue line. I, I'm yeah. the more I, the more and more I think about the blue line, the more confident I am in it. Especially 
uh, with them saying today that Hall and Dermott are probably not going to be moved, which means there's going to be an immense amount of competition yeah. on that back end. But even if you look up front, like I, I listed all the guys who are vying for these bottom six roles. They, they just didn't have the, that disability to, to slot in anyone, just anyone on, on the back or on the, the bottom six last year. They were relatively thin when they came to depth. Like they were playing, you know, Nick Patane got into a few games and stuff like that. But let's even like a Thornton Kerfoot Simmons line, even if you want to just look at that in a vacuum, I think that that's great. I think that's a tough line to play against in the sense that Simmons makes things tough. Kerfoot is an energy guy who I think is also going to have a big bounce back here because, you know, people forget he broke his friggin' face early on in the season last year and lost a significant amount of weight trying to recover from that and didn't really ever build it back up. Now he's had a long layoff and I think he can come back and be pretty productive. And Simmons is also going to like, yes, a lot of it is banking on these guys taking advantage of the, of, you know, the, the, the pause and the off season and, and rebounding from health stuff. But I, I'd much, I just, I'd much rather have a combination of like VC, Barabanov, Simmons, Thornton, uh, you know, all of that, all of the Joey Anderson, Nick Robertson, all of those guys together uh, making, you know, roughly around 6.5, then just Kapanen and Janssen together. That, making that, that, is, that is fine. And that's fair. But all six of those guys that you mentioned are really complete unknowns and what they're going to provide, mm-hmm. maybe with the exception of Simmons. But we knew like, what, we don't, what Janssen We have no Kapanen idea what Barabanov's going to do. We have no idea what Barabanov's going to yeah. do. We don't really know what Joe Thornton has left. We don't know if Joey Anderson's uh, able to step in and actually be a, you know, plus NHL contributor next season. There's a lot of unknowns here. I have no idea what Jimmy Vs is going to provide. He didn't look like anything in Buffalo to me. I didn't watch many Buffalo games. Look what happened to Bogosian when he left immediately when he left Buffalo. That's that's true. But like, I I just didn't see anything from him that would make me, that made me think, well, he's going to have a huge impact with the Leafs. I don't know yet. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of unknowns here, and it and what is good is that there's a lot of unknowns, but there's a lot of there's a surplus of it. So yes. these these guys can scrap and claw, and a winning combination combination could emerge, but I just don't know how it's all going to fit, and that's why I'm a little bit reluctant to be you know to leap or heap praise on them because I just don't know exactly how it's going to work on the forward front. Pretty confident what's happening on the back end though. And I also think when we factor in the overall performance of the team, having a full season of the Campbell-Anderson tandem, I think is really going to help because Anderson yep. was bad last year. He was, he was just definitively bad, and he hurt his team a lot during, during down the stretch. No matter what you say about their defense, his raw statistics, goals saved, goal saved above average, everything like that was down. And now you have – and Thornton mentioned Anderson by name as like the first guy in why he's yeah. excited to join this team. This this could be a, if you get this goaltending, it all it it all kind of falls into place. And you knew you knew what Kapanen and Janssen were going to give you. You knew that it, you knew exactly like it was too predictable in that sense. And you knew you knew exactly the production they were going to give, and it wasn't going to be equivalent to the dollars they were being paid. And I'd much rather have a more versatile lineup with a plethora of guys who are essentially flyers. Like you know Simmons is it, who knows what if he's going to bounce back. Thornton if he has like he says he still has stuff in the tank, and I believe him. And I think the layoff plus the training in Davos is really going to do him some good. He's also in a happy place as well, which really impacts him. Last year was not a happy place in San Jose. Everyone was getting traded. It was a bad year. Um, and I'd, I'd much rather have, you know, six or seven guys who could potentially be, you know, who could be, who could be hits other than these two guys who were overpaid for their positions, who were kind of clogging the roster and who we knew were going to top out as essentially 30 to 40 point guys where it just wasn't equivalent to what their value was. Kapanen just... 
he didn't have a place on this team anymore, and neither did Janssen. And for them to be able to to address these needs that they had by getting Simmons and Thornton and all these other and all these other guys, and essentially just saying, you know, it's like the scene in the Dark Knight when you know there's only one spot here, so we're gonna have tryouts and snapping the pool cue in half and being essentially fight to the death to get this spot. I think that really adds a healthy amount of competition to a, a, a roster that essentially needed it last year. We talked all the time about how they were too comfortable, about how, about how essentially everything was given to them. Nothing is given to these guys now. They all have to earn their spots. And, it's good, and people are going to be clamoring. You know, in baseball, when people are hitting, it says it's a fight. At, it, you know, when, when a team is on a hitting heater, they say it's a fight at the bat rack. Everyone's going to be fighting at the bat rack to get on some sort of power play unit because the first unit has Matthews and Tavares and and Marner and guys on. And the second unit has got a guy like friggin' Joe Thornton. So I, I, I think that they addressed pretty, pretty much all of their needs pretty, you know, acutely. Like it, they, they obviously didn't go out and double down on, they didn't get all the perfect players like Milan Lucic in his prime, which would have been the perfect guy to slot into this roster. But I think they did a really good job at cost, at, at giving these guys sort of league minimum deals to, to come home, to play here, to fight for a roster spot and to, to essentially be able to impact this team. I think they did a really good job. I think this is a much, I think this is a much better team than it was last year. It's way more balanced. It's got, it's got a different makeup intangibly and in its actual construction as a roster. I think, I think that this is, this is a more tested team that clearly likes to be playing together where there's no real kind of clashes in skill here and clashes in attitude even. I, I really like it. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, the attitude is a big piece. Uh, yeah. Kyle Dubas said that as much as his, as Joe Thornton's um, on ice abilities, what's really valued is what he brings off the ice as well. So I think this is, it's not a small thing here. I, I oh, think uh, huge. I think there is some concerns inside the organization. Maybe not concerns, but just a a uh, a a feeling that they need to surround. Like this might be the Thornton move. It's a one year deal worth seven hundred thousand dollars. But this could be a long term move. This could be like we talked about the value of, of Patrick Marlowe and how he was worth it for the Maple Leafs to get that third year because of what he did for those young guys. I think. It's not even, hey, you know, he's going to put his arm around some players and have conversations with them. They're just going to see a 41-year-old man who looks older than 41, who has this gray beard and messy gray hair and, you know, isn't the peak of, you know, uh, physicality anymore in terms of his body. And, And he's just a guy who's a bit broken down, who's 
20 years removed from him being a rookie, 24 years from being a rookie, 10 years removed from being from his uh, being in his prime that just loves the game that hasn't taken anything for granted or isn't taking anything for granted at this point in his career does not have the Stanley cup and still more than anything wants to win it. It is the same in that respect as Jason Spezza who just wants to win so bad. And I think that's a good thing to show a team uh, that's built around young players who have gotten everything that they've asked for, as you mentioned, like they're seeing a guy who, who had everything that they had 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, had all, you know, Olympics, uh, hurt trophies, I believe, uh, everything that Thornton achieved in his career, but he, there's still something missing because he hasn't won the Stanley Cup. And I think that's something that you can look across the room and just be reminded of every day yeah. that this guy hasn't he, – his, his career is incomplete because he hasn't done what matters most. And he's still working for it, and he doesn't look like me anymore. He looks like a broken-down man that should be probably playing beer league at this point in his career, but he's still around because he wants it so bad. I think that's a good reminder and something that can pay dividends, not just this season, but down the road, because, you know, it's not a bad thing to be Joe Thornton, certainly, but you don't want to be in that position as a young guy where you're playing for 20 years because you want to win a Stanley cup so bad. Yeah. You want to play because you love the game that much, but you don't want to be in that position. You want to win it for Joe, but you don't want to be Joe in the end because you want your career to be more meaningful from a team success standpoint than Thornton ever had, even though he's had this brilliant career and been to the playoffs so many times and had meaningful runs, but he hasn't won it yet. So I think that's a good reminder and something that was certainly deliberate on the part of the Maple Leafs to show, continue to show these young guys that, you know, not that, not that he's a, a sad story or a cautionary tale in any sense, but the game means more than the money earned, you know, and all of this stuff that comes with it, the fame and all that, it means a lot more and it's more meaningful if you win a Stanley Cup, if you win championships and if you do it together. And I think Thornton provides a meaningful lesson every day just by, just with his presence alone. Absolutely. And it also gives, like, if you look at look at the reaction of Spezza last year at the end of the, at, you know, in the, in the the dying minutes of the third period when they got shut out by Columbus and didn't even make the playoffs. He was broken. And I think this reminds me a lot of, Obviously, my minor league hockey stories apply so much to the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, um, like, sure. I remember in my last year of minor hockey, I was playing, like, double A, and I missed pretty much half, if not maybe 60% of the season with a concussion. And I came back, and this, I knew this was going to be, like, my last year. And, I, and this was a good team. We, we thought we had a shot at, you know, winning it at all. And I remember one of, these, one of my teammates, he was a good guy, but he was just dicking around in practice. And I essentially, I saw that, and I just snapped on him. And I was like – Listen, I didn't spend, you know, the last three months rehabbing from a concussion for you to go around and dick around in practice. Like, we only have so much time left here. Like, we need to win this thing, pay attention, and be better. And that's essentially what Spezza and Thornton are there to do just by their presence alone. Like, if, if, if and I think that they kind of got the, they kind of shift the two guys out who are most likely to dick around in practice in Kapanen and Janssen, but um, <laughs> specifically Kapanen. But uh, if any of these guys take even a day off, I feel like it's not going to be above Thornton or Spezza to go and be like, hey, I've been in this league for 20 years, 17 years, however long it's been for Spezza. I don't have a cup yet. I did not sign back here for a league minimum to watch. And in what might be my last year in this league to capture the one thing that would make my, that I've been fighting for my entire life to watch you take it, you know, 30% in practice, get like, get it together. And I think that's exactly what this team needed. And now they have two, like Thornton, people are going to respect him. It's going to be 
I, I'm surprised Nick Robertson isn't going to walk in there in training camp and ask for Thornton's autograph. The guy was negative four years old during Thornton's rookie season. It was crazy. Like it's, you have these titans of industry that a lot of these guys who are potentially local guys, even just NHL fans, have grown up looking, looking up to. Now they're your teammates. And do you want to mess it up for them? Do you want to be the reason why they couldn't have their Ray Bork moment? No. I think that just elevates the entire sort of mindset of the roster just by their presence alone, like you said. And I think for that reason alone even, getting these, getting these two guys for a combined $1.4 both on league men, which sends a message to this team where it's, where it's essentially we're playing for the lowest amount possible to make be also because you guys got your money but we're playing for the lowest amount possible just to do this one thing do not mess it up for us i think that that is the biggest motivator you can have because they're not going to be self-motivated as we've seen before but have but letting down a, a living legend potentially too that's going to be that's going to be tough to sleep at night if you do that so i think that you know just that that intangible aspect alone is such a key piece and we we ignore the intangibles a lot in hockey but i think but this really can't be ignored here. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Jason Spezza, obviously, um, for $700,000, uh, he brings you value from sheer, uh, from a sheer on-ice perspective. But I think there's some of that. There's some of the, the veteran, like we've saw, you know, that picture of him smiling at Matthews. I think him and Matthews have this pretty yeah. good bond. And I think they actually, they legitimately do want to have success for Jason Spezza. But I don't think him being able to speak up he'll be as comfortable as, let's say, Joe Thornton. Oh, Joe Thornton's going to have Simmons. no, I think, no problem. I think they're two, the two veteran additions they brought in this year are going to have more of a vocal impact in that, in that regard. I think Spezza, that's not really his place mm. as much as I think it would be for those two. So uh, I think that's definitely important. Okay, uh, we mentioned where he might go in the top six, maybe as far as the second line with John Tavares. Uh, mm. But the second power play, for sure, uh, is where Joe Thornton's going to see sometime, whether it's taking from Jason Spezza or not. Um, but Wayne Simmons is also going to get some power play time. So I think it's pretty safe that, you know, Mitch Marner, uh, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, and uh, John Tavares will be on that top power play with Morgan Riley. And maybe Wayne Simmons is the net, net front presence on that, uh, on that unit. Kyle Dubas said today that, that he's still an elite guy in front of the net. So that leaves us with some options, obviously Thornton being one of them on that second power play unit. Uh, you know, they've got Zach Hyman there. They've got Jason Spezza there. Nylander. Uh, they've got William Nylander, who will be the key of that. Um, I mean, I guess that pretty much, and Miko Lett, and that could be your second line power play right there. Sounds pretty good. Uh, but it, it comes back to Nick Robertson for me. I think he could be such a weapon mm -hmm. on that second power play. And is there room for him on, even on that lineup anymore? I'm not really sure. Uh, but does Thornton definitely get second power play minutes on this so. team? He's, he's still so effective at that. Like that's, I think if you brought him in and didn't put in there, him on there, that would be essentially, that, that would be misusing an asset. Like he's, he's still such a, like his, the majority of his production comes on the power play. He's still such an effective play driver in Which that is role. concerning. Yeah, but all, at the same time, like having a guy like Thornton feed a guy like Nylander, I mean, that's a great connection regardless of the age of those two. Like, it's like Nylander on the second power play unit has never had an elite playmaker. He's never had an elite facilitator. He's had to be the guy who's had to set up all the offense himself. And now you have a guy like Thornton who is, pro like, even in, his, even in his advanced age, still one of the best playmakers in the league. He's, he's among, you know, he's in some of the top percentiles in the league at shot assists, which is essentially all the leaps need right now. So... I, I really, I'm, I'm really high on that. Like, I really think that that, that will be a good fit. And if not, 
it's not a big deal. He's making 700 grand. You can just plug in another one of those guys and see if it works. Like it, the, him taking league men and with, with no performance bonuses just gives them so much flexibility. And they have, like I've said, it comes down to options and they have so many options and having, and when you're looking to fill out a second power play unit, even a 41 year old Joe Thornton, it's still Joe Thornton. I think that's one of the best assets you can have because their power play was a problem last year. How many times are we in the Yahoo offices at, you know, one in the morning, just lamenting about the, about how stale and broken the least power play unit was. Now they have, now they have Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, Morgan Riley on the top pairing and, and whoever you want to throw in there as well. And, but, but in reality, those players are going to decide if it's stale or not. Yes, they're going to get, they're going to get a minute and a half of each power play every time. But now, yeah, but at one, let's say it doesn't work. Let's say the power play, let's, let's say, you know, you're, you're in a, you're in a power play situation. Those guys aren't able to, to cash in well most teams when they throw out their second unit it's a lot of you know ho-hum guys now you're throwing out the best defenseman in the khl who's like a who's over a point per game right now and yes we'll see how much that translates but but you know chris johnson on on the, that, that sdp seemed pretty pretty solidified that pretty much everyone he's talked to said he's a top four guy um and then you have joe thornton wayne simmons you know potentially Ilya mikhaev william nylander and maybe nick robertson as your second unit as that second wave and it's all about waves the leafs as they're constructed, we're supposed to be a team that comes at you in waves. You, you just, you're in, a, you're in the opposition and you just were able to, to minimize the Matthews line. And, oh, great, now we have John Tavares and Mitch Marner coming over the boards. Now we've got to figure that out. Oh, now the third line's coming out. And now we have to deal with Joe Thornton. And now we have to deal with Jason Spezza. And now we have to deal with, like, this is as a second unit. I think, that's a, I think that really helps because now you're able to, you were able to somehow ma- minimize Marner, Matthews, uh, Tavares in that top unit and you use your best penalty killers to do that and now that second wave is you know potentially a, a phenom and Nick Robertson Joe Thornton and a guy you hate to play against in front of the net in Spezza and the reigning KHL defenseman of the year Miko Lettinen and you know just all these guys I think that that gives the Leafs that sort of overwhelming wave that they really lacked last year I think you should uh, maybe write the script for the Leafs 2020-2021 hype video I just I I, I'm just speaking the truth. Like I like, I like the way the roster. I, I don't know. I don't know if Nick Robertson's phenom status. Are you kidding me, man? This guy, this kid had, this kid scored 50 goals in like 43 games last year. He's like, <laughs> and now he's coming off an entire. He's the most dead. Look, come on, man. Like you, this is this is an extremely extremely exciting prospect. And now he's going to be playing. He is. I don't know if he's phenom. But he's and now, yeah. Well, okay. That's that might be a bit of an exaggeration, but he could be. Like now he's going to be. This is this is this is a guy who has proven he is he. You know, at least in juniors, he was an elite finisher. I mean, he was he was he had a guy in Semyon Dergarchensev whose only job, who's also employed by the Leafs, by the way, whose only job was to feed him with passes. And now he gets up to the NHL, and potentially the next guy who could be doing that is Joe Thornton. How, how do you feel about the idea that Joe Thornton might be taking Nick Robertson's roster spot this year? I don't think that's going to be a, the case. I think if anyone's taking his roster, like Robertson's roster spot, it's going to be, you know, a guy like Engvall or it's going to be a guy like VC or even Anderson. It's not going to be Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton's in the lineup regardless. And, exactly. and Nick Robertson's not going to be playing third line center. It's going to be one of the guys. Well, I don't, think Thor- I don't think Thornton's going to be play- playing third line center. I mean, he might be. He might be. He might be playing third line left, left wing, though, with Robertson or with Kerfoot and Simmons. And that might be. That might be the spot where Robertson would be fighting for is that third line left winger position. I'm cool. But with it. you know that's uh, fine. Also, if, Thornton if, might if, not be playing every if, night. 
it's not it's not a big deal. You're right. I think it's uh it's you know if it if it takes Pierre, I think he's an upgrade on Pierre Engvall. And if that's yeah. as simple it is, then that's for less that's for half, almost half. That's that's as simple as it, as it needs to be. Um, where else was I going to get at? Uh, what other negative? Names I guess I guess Kyle Dubas is. I think we were talking about oh Kyle Dubas is changing this offseason. Kyle Dubas is a different person. He's realized that he needs this and that. I guess my conclusion at the end of this is that he hasn't really changed. And that doesn't, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think Kyle Dubas is sort of learning a little bit on why also has what he wants to do and what Sheldon Keith wants to do. And I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing in the world. I think him just like, you know, Oh God, we need, we really need physicality. So let's get this one Kyle Clifford, this one Kyle Clifford to do it. I, I think that's a misguided view. So in some respects, I do really like the fact that he's sticking to his guns um, but again, I don't, I don't need to say my, my criticisms of the Thornton signing really anymore or what they've done anymore, uh, because it's just the simple fact that I'm just trying to say that Kyle Dubas hasn't changed and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I think that, I think that he changed enough to fulfill what the Leafs needed. If he, if he did a complete 180 and just decided to like, and, that'd and be it, scary. Yeah. That'd be scary. And it almost looked like he was about to him, by him, offering. Him, exactly. Him learning on the fly is yeah. is kind of a scary proposition. He's in charge of the most important Leaf seasons ever, right ever. Now. Like yeah. in in you know this generation uh, certainly. He's in charge of the most important seasons, and if he's just like, oh wow, I really got to do this to make sure I do, like that's not going to work. So him being married to his philosophy, I think, is good, and I don't think Bogosian's really a departure from it at all, because he get again d- double down on him on Cody Cece. Uh, his value and all that. And he just thinks, okay, Bogosian adds a little bit more. And I think all he adds that's more is that he's physical. He's, he's probably in that same vein in which he can play against top competition, but not dominate top competition, but just be physical while he's doing it and be cheaper. And I think that's really the difference between the two. And Kyle Dubas still values that. Yeah. But he, he made, he was able to do that without sacrificing pretty much sacrificing large chunks of money that can be spent on the roster. Exactly. Otherwise. Like Cody Cece, And Bogosian's a better player. Bogosian's a better player. Like he's and, protecting CC to an extent, but like, you know, it's not like he wants six Travis Dermott's out there. He, yeah. he sees the value of different, you know, dimensions. And also Travis Dermott, like this is, I, I think we're going to see a different Travis Dermott coming out too, because I think we have to, even if we shift to the back end now, like you look at what competition you do to a player, Travis Dermott was, even with an injury, he was pretty much guaranteed to, to log, you know, to be in the top six last year. Like it was, it was, he was, he was pretty much put in there with Penn once he got back from injury. And now it, you know, he might be the eighth defenseman on the depth chart right now. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. This is a guy who's going to be fighting for his life. And same with the same with a guy like Hall, who even just signed an extension, who, who then kind of fell off right after he signed that extension. I think there are a lot of guys who got paid last year and then immediately stopped producing who just, who now are going to be fighting for their professional lives because there are guys who are making less than them who potentially either, perform it at the exact same clip as them or outperform them like Pierre Engvall he if he's not if he's not living in the gym right now you know then he he should kind of just pack it up because if you look at the guys who are who are breathing down his neck they're all making legitimately half of what he is like he's making 1.25 million they're all making 100 around that or, or a bit more than 900 like Cody or um, Jimmy VC. but this is like in the in the back end specifically you have the you have Miko Lettinen who's not coming over here to be a Marley he's he could he is the best defenseman in the KHL, and he decided to come over here. He's going to be fighting for a top four spot, let alone a top six spot. 
guy like Barabanov who could make way more money in the KHL. He's not coming over here to be a, you know, to be a Marley. He's coming over here to play. You are, this is going to be a dogfight at the Bangalese roster. I think that worked perfectly for a lot of guys who maybe got rewarded a bit too early than they deserved and then kind of fell back on their laurels a bit. This is like when we talk about the, the actual mental makeup of this team, this, these signings have really impacted that. And they've really shaken up and they've thrown a wrench into a lot of these guys' sort of plans and instability that I think is really important. I've, I really do think that, look, is this a perfect offseason? Off no. We talked about this last time where, yeah, I think that getting Petrangelo would be a perfect offseason because that's always, you know, number one. But, they were able, but instead of getting Petrangelo, they were able to get Bodie, Simmons, Thornton, and then a bunch of really potentially really effective guys who at least give them options and stretch out their lineup in the bottom six. I think that when you look at that in a comparative sense, that's about as good of a plan B as you can get to missing out on the biggest top fish. And they also still have cap flexibility now. They aren't forced to trade anyone. And they can also take advantage of you know, the, the rush to waivers at the end of training camp for a lot of these teams and potentially get some value for these guys. I, I think they've just, they, I think from, because we don't even know when the next season is going to be. Hopefully it's going to be January 1st, like they say. But they just have flexibility now. And they didn't really have that last year. And they only had that in the, at the trade deadline because everyone was injured. But now, even if everyone's healthy, they have the ability to make moves, the plug and play, and to actually slot and, and, and adjust the roster depending on what works. And I think that's exactly what a coach like Sheldon Keefe, who loves to experiment needs. I think that's exactly what a GM like Kyle Dubas, who likes to address needs right away kind of needs. This, is, this, as the team is set right now, is better than they were last year. They're tougher to play against. I think they're more battle-hardened. I think they're mentally tougher as well. They, they kind of cut all the fat. And so now here we are with a, group, with a, with a top-heavy group of really important guys who are, going to be be, who are hopefully going to be better. And you have a bottom six of guys who are fighting essentially every single day to stay on the Toronto Maple Leafs because they want to be there. I think that's very important. Yeah, I actually think you, you might have nailed something that is impacting my thinking is that I really like what they've done on defense because they've created this competition. The fact that Travis Dermott isn't even, you know, he might not even be on the active roster unless he's playing well, yeah. is I think a really good thing for Travis Dermott. I think he needs that he kick needed in the that. ass. And I think Miko Lettinen obviously provides that. Zach Bogosian's just going to be very, you know, very, very steady with what he brings, whether it's the sixth or seventh defenseman. I think a lot of what I like about the defense is that they've created this really hyper-competitive environment. And I think on the flip side of that, what I might be worried, you say there's competition, they got to play well to stay in there. I do think there is a lot of assurances that have been given out on these really cheap deals, right? Jimmy VC, coming here for 900000 you're going to play. Joe Thornton, you're obviously playing. Jason Spencer, you're playing. Alexander Barabanov, we're going to pry out of the KHL, you're playing. Like, there's a lot of guys that are just playing and I they haven't that. proven anything, really. So I think that's what might be affecting my negativity towards the bottom six and maybe how I'm feeling a lot better now about the defense than I was certainly last season where mm -hmm. they, it was terrible. But even just with the Brody signing and with the possibility of Petrangelo being out there, uh, I just think they created a nice little environment on the back end, and that's why I'm worried about the, uh, the forwards. Yeah, you bring up a good point about the assurances. I think that's a little, you know, that that's a bit – makes you feel a bit uneasy, you know, realizing that there are a lot, of, a lot of guys who are making near league minimum deals who have been told, you know, probably by this, by this GM that you're going to be playing. And I, as much as hockey is a business and they could just essentially say, yeah, well, you know, you didn't earn it. So yeah, you're going to be playing, but you didn't earn it. I, that, that develops your reputation. And, and we're kind of seeing that with Vegas now, even where, you know, come here, it's going to be great. We're the Island Misfit toys. And then only, you know, for you to get traded the next year for an upgrade for you know, the new sexier model. Um, but I also, that, that just makes the competition tighter for e the even more fringe guys. I, I, there, there, is some, there is a little bit of, of worry that these assurances might come back to bite them. 
But I think when you really look at it, there's no, there's no assurances in hockey. Like everyone keeps saying, yeah, Kyle Dubas told Willie Nylander he's not going to get traded as long as he's GM. But Willie Nylander could get traded tomorrow, and I don't think anyone would, would balk at that, at that assurance. You know, if Joe Thornton comes out, he doesn't play well. I think there's going to be an understanding between the GM and the player that, look, man, you just don't have it anymore, so you're not going to play. Like, it's, like as much as it's, you're going to get a chance out of training camp, but people are, but people are going to prove their worth. And also, we have to remember, th- there's going to be injuries. There's a long, there's a long layoff here. And people are going to get banged up. And when the Leafs got banged up last year, they had to turn to Martin Marinch. And look how that turned out. Now they can turn to different players. Now they can turn to a lot of guys of similar value who can impact the, the game in at least a positive way. I think that's an upgrade over anything. And that's why they're not worried about being up against the cap because they're no, they're, they know there's going to be injuries. There's going to be, there's going to be some problems that, that come up. And that's why they know as long as they have they, these pieces, they can sort of mix, the, mix it up as they, as they need to react to what happens and make all and just be cap compliant every day. I think yeah. that's just basically what they're doing. And I think the fact that they're not using long-term injury reserve actually opens up the flexibility a little bit more oh, because, does, yeah. because they don't have to be married to that number that you go into the season with. They can just, you know, the, 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 the slate is clean and they can move the pieces around as they wish. And they're going to definitely have to do that. It's going to be a balance every day, but they know how to, they've expertly sort of, navigated this and they'll continue mm-hmm. to do that uh, I think one more thing that's worth yeah. mentioning because we haven't talked about the Aaron Dell signing I believe it was after and that's now they have a third they have now a third goaltender who's better than their backup goaltender last year so oh, that they went into by so miles. very I mean we talked about okay uh, Joe Thornton believes in Freddie Anderson but giving him the best chance to succeed you now have a capable backup and you now have a capable backup to the backup so this is the best they believe goaltending has looked in a very long time it's still the same guy who's going to be uh, at the very front of that, who has had problems, especially last year. Uh, but the goaltending is in the best position now. The defense is in the best position now. And while there's a lot of uncertainty, at least for me, at the bottom of the lineup, they still have all the main figures in place at the front of the lineup. Years and, to come. Uh, and, and that's, you know, they put themselves in a very good position. I mean, this is, it's not, you know, a different team. It's not the team that our uncles maybe were clamoring for. Mm-hmm. It's not this complete change of course or course correction for Kyle Dubas. It's just another really solid lineup uh, that hasn't proven itself just yet, but is still built on the same foundation and has improved a lot of weaknesses. So you've got to be encouraged about what they did, even though they might have not done what you expected them to do. Yeah, they have two upper echelon backups now. Like, I would say Jack Campbell is one of the, you know, what, four or five best backups in the league, and Aaron Dell's up there too. And in a normal world, Aaron Dell would be another team's clear-cut number two. He had a 907 last year on a putrid Sharks team. But now he's coming as the third goalie potentially to play in the AHL. I think there's going to be, like, there's going to be competition in, in net in training camp as well. Like, it's, this is, as much as, you know, like Campbell makes above the variable and, and obviously Frederick Anderson's Frederick Anderson, but Anderson's been pretty much solidified as, you know, I'm the starter every single season since he's been in Toronto. And then he had a putrid season last year. and now there's no assurances. He might have been traded this offseason, and now it's going to be all right. We signed it. We you have two guys who are you know who are not Michael Hutchinson. These are guys who could potentially you know play, who could take a lot of your starts, even to a lot of your job, right? Nipping at your heels. You better come ready to play. You better come in the as the best friend of Anderson you've ever been. There's no Fred Tober allowance here. You got you got to hit the ground running. And I think you know there's just competition at every single aspect of the Leafs roster right now where it just wasn't like that before. There's no comfortable, there's no comfortability now. There's no resting on your laurels. There's no sitting back with your hands up and going, all right, well, I'm a Toronto Maple Leaf, man. I got this, I got this line 
you know, I got this role set in here. Like it's, if you, if you have a bad stretch of games, you will be replaced on this roster. And when you get replaced, like it's, it's the thing with a quarterback where they say, you know, you never want to see your backup hit the field because who knows, they, he might never give it back. And that's the case with the bottom, that's the case with the bottom lineup. That's the case with the backup goaltending. And that's the case with even the bottom of the, the Leafs blue line as well. You never want to see the guy behind you, you know, hit the field or, or take your spot because he might never ever give it back. There's, this is going to be, this is a Leafs team that is geared to win now. The signing of Thornton kind of proves that and his words even establish that even more. And now for, if you want to be part of this winner, if you want to be, if you want to contribute on this winner, you better be at the absolute best you can or else we have someone else nipping your heels to replace you. I think mentally that is a great place for this Leafs roster to be. Yeah, I think so. I, like just being able to reflect on what happened this offseason, obviously Kyle Dubas has acknowledged that they can't go into a season with thin goaltending. They can't go into the season with a thin blue line. Yeah. But they still believe in what they are doing in terms of their heavy puck possession, waves of talent, waves of offense coming at you style. And they double down on that, obviously, with the signings of Joe Thornton, keeping Jason Spezza around uh, and doing what they've done with the bottom six, obviously moving out guys like Kapanen and Janssen. So it's going to be fascinating to see uh, what happens with this team when they first line up at training camp and yeah. how these pairings and these lines uh, are, uh, there might not be a more anticipated training camp for the Leafs, not just because they're waiting on this season, but because we don't know how it's going to look at all. We have no idea how this team is planning on building their roster for, for uh, day one of the 2020-2021 season. Uh, and we don't know when that's going to happen either, but uh, I can't wait to see what they're thinking. I wish I could be in the boardroom and just seeing what they have on the wall. Oh, yeah. I think it would be fascinating. That would be that to be a fly on the wall in any Leafs decision making meeting right now is that, that would be that would be, you know, just supreme content for sure. So Joe Thornton, seven hundred thousand uh, dollars. It's incredibly interesting, could be very entertaining, could be very, very good. I worry that it might be a little bit touch depressing at some point if he can't play. Oh, but yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Joe Thornton. Either way, it's going to create content. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see. We'll see how it works out. Uh, we'll probably have more content coming at you, but the Leafs seem that they are done for the offseason. Uh, so maybe we'll have time for a little bit more reflection. Maybe we'll mock up what they might look, mm -hmm. for, look at for the 2020-21 season. Uh, but we'll leave the jumbo conversation there. The ever-optimistic Mike Stevens, you can, uh, you can sign us up. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.